All right. It is officially spoiler season. Welcome to the Pitch Stack Podcast, episode 12. Matt, how are you doing this week? We are doing excellent. Spoiler season is incredibly exciting, don't you think? Absolutely. Um, actually, I mean, as as we're sitting here listening, or, you know, recording this, I man, ninjas looking pretty scary. Yeah. Uh, um, I agree. <laughs> it's uh, kind of insane. Absolutely. Well, before we get into that. I have devised a new segment for the show. The Weekly Dagger. As one of us presents to the other a complicated judge question and interaction. If you're unfamiliar in the magic judge community, throwing a difficult question at another judge is called daggering. Um, so maybe we'll just call this Zephyr needling. We'll figure it out. But we're going to start this off with a complicated interaction. All right. Lay it Matt, on me. Like a shark Are you ready? knife to the side or a, uh, a pike in my rib cage. Lay it on me. <laughs> okay. In this instance, I am playing as Prism and you are playing as Briar. That's not important, but you'll understand in a second. Okay, I'm Briar, you're Prism. You're Briar. Yeah. All right. Okay. So I, I pitch a yellow to attack you with Coalesce Mirage. Color. You defend with a command and conquer. No, I'm sorry, not a command and conquer. You defend with an enlightened strike. I respond. Uh, so that all that all resolves, right? Uh, you end up taking four. We go to the next chain link. I pitch another two to attack with a command and conquer. You respond with art of war. What happens? Oh no. Oh no. Oh man. Um modes. Oh, okay. So I uh, the other mode doesn't matter. The only one that matters is you're giving plus, plus attack plus Damn defense. It. I knew it. Uh let me read the rules text of Spectra real quick. <laughs> or Phantasm? Uh yeah, well, yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. So so one of the reasons this is complicated is because they changed the way Phantasm is worded. After Monarch was released, but before Everfest was released. That's why I, I feel like Coalesce Mirage is important here um, because it is worded correctly. Okay, I actually have to use Spell Void because um, SpabDB actually doesn't have uh, Errata updated. They're just pulling the card text and putting it on the uh, description box, funny enough, to see if uh, Spell Void has it updated. What I use as an example every time is Vexing Malice, because that's the one card I remember. I see, damn it. Why don't they have an update? <laughs> well, don't. Okay, but I'm, I'm using it as an example, because that's the one, like, uh, what's the word? Uh, like, reference I have, because the updated text is when you attack with Vexing Malice, deal two arcane damage to target hero. Oh, yeah. Right. It used to all say deal one arcane damage to target hero. Same thing with Seeds of Agony. You can look you can look at that as a reference as well. Uh, well, here, well just, do you want me to give you the uh the yeah, phantasm reminder text Thank off you, of Coalesce yes. Mirage? Thank you, yes. Okay, so when Coalesce Mirage is defended by a non-illusionist attack action card with six or more power, destroy Coalesce Mirage and close the combat chain. Okay. 
if Coalesce and Mirage is defended by a non-illusionist attack action card with six or more power, destroy Coalesce's Mirage and destroy the combat chain. And close the combat chain. That's interesting. Um, hmm. Well, it took me 90 minutes to find the right answer. All right. Uh, well, I, mean, I'm, I won't take that long, but I'm going to go ahead and give it my best <laughs> shot. I won't okay. sit here in silence for 90 minutes. Uh, but if I, I'm going to just use my knowledge of Matt, because without like this, this is my background. Magic, magic judge knowledge is um, it. It what Colonel and Mirage does not say when or when it doesn't say when. Right. So it's not it a say when. Uh, no, it says if. Well, so the old old phantasm said if they changed it to when with oh, Everfest cool. release. So my answer is a lot easier than uh, nothing happens. Okay, so I could be wrong, but I'd say nothing happens. So this is this is one of the reasons I found this question to be so fascinating, and that is, flesh and blood uses the when key or the when keyword differently than magic does. Right, and I suspected I was wrong, but I, I needed to stick to my guns here. So what happens is Phantasm pops on the Coalescent Mirage. The combat chain closes and your Command and Conquer does nothing. Or my Command and Conquer does nothing. That's awesome. That's so, so, uh, that's really informative. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, so when means it's a persistent check as long as it's an object in the arena. And defended is uh, is a persistent state as long as it is on a link. Interesting. You know what's so, funny? Um, I don't know what they do to pull like all of their card text, but um, Spell Void has the image for Coalescence Mirage, but their uh, reminder of text for Phantasm states if. Oh, that's weird. Even though Coalescence Mirage, the physical text reads when. Oh, that's really weird. I wonder so if I think they have an early preview or something. They must have a no. I think they must have a like uh, some sort of sheet that's like ha- that has rules text, and whenever a rules text appears on a card, the word will appear, and it, whenever like the the box reads phantasm, it'll staple the reminder text. What reading if blank is defended by if card name is defended by a whatever whatever destroy card name and close the combat chain, so it'll apply to every card that has phantasm. That's just my guess, and it hasn't been updated. Yeah, I think, I mean, Something that makes sense. Like that. I, don't, I don't really know what the technology would would be like, you know, the coding, but I'm sure it's possible. Yeah, I mean, you would probably just, uh, you'd have to edit all the images. Right. Because uh, they're they're probably scraping it from somewhere. Oh, you know, whoa, okay, so no, actually, it's, it's just an error. <laughs> Miraging Metamorph is, says when. Yeah. So yeah, they should all say when now instead of yeah. if. Even yeah, if just, it does say if, it is when. That's that's kind of funny. Basically, if means checks once, when means constantly checking. However, really? I do want to make this question slightly more complicated. Now that we've found the first answer, yeah, there is a third true. level of complicated that I don't a hundred percent want to get into because it'll just everything will fall apart. Maybe I will. Um okay, so <laughs> right. let's replace level two. command and conquer with phantasmoclasm you respond to phantasmoclasm being played with that art of war now what happens oh shit 
Well, this is fascinating. The entire combat chain closes and you yeah. do not resolve Phantasmoclasm's ability. So this is what's so fascinating to me. And this is God like, if that ability resolves. On it's so unintuitive, right? All right. So what happens is it closes the combat chain. There's actually a three tiered step to closing the combat chain. And uh, basically what happens is all triggers on the stack resolve, but cannot be responded to. So the phantasmoclasm does resolve where you get to pick a card and then the combat chain closes. Oh shit. Because <laughs> so... the triggers are part of the part of the chain closing. And then the uh, the third super complicated one is you can attack with something with phantasm. Uh you and like let's say I had out um it's not haze bending, it's the other one. The one that makes uh phantasm go away for your first attack each turn. Yeah. Let's say I had that out. Uh I attack with something else. You respond with something that destroys my aura. Uh, that makes that first uh, or makes the aura go away that gave the first attack a lack of phantasm where now it suddenly has phantasm and then it checks to see what it's defended by. You can use that to close the combat chain. Um, you're just telling me the answer and how that works. Yeah, because it's weird. Because <laughs> um, it checks for the persistent state. Phantasm is a per- that's like, I guess, like the main okay, thing is that phantasm that is that aura? Uh, is it Pierce Reality or is that the plus two? Passing, I think it's Passing Mirage, right? Yeah. Or is it Haze Bending? Yeah, it is Passing Mirage. Well, so I guess I'm still a little, I'd have to, I guess I'm still a little rusty on the way these, uh, card text rules apply to cards whenever they remove abilities, like go again. loses and can't gain. Loses and can't gain, right, yeah. So, like, my interpretation of it, which it sounds like it's wrong, is that 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 effect already applies and if you destroy the passing mirage with a scour it doesn't change the fact that that effect's applied already so like right. the, the 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 phantasm's already been removed and you can't unremove it exactly so the uh well all right so it's not that it can't so what happens is that it is removed by passing mirage yes so it loses phantasm Correct. right but passing mirage being destroyed is not the card gaining phantasm. Isn't that weird? No, no, I'm I'm lost actually. I don't know what you're talking about. So okay. let's just say passing mirage is in play, right? Yeah, we attacking with our first attack action that has spe- that has a phantasm, right? So like Wartoon Herald, yeah. we attack with a Wartoon Herald, and we do we block it or no? Yeah, Are so we'll blocking? say you block with something with a six and yeah. then cool. hit a D react so it doesn't hit and go to soul. Yeah, so it's already lost phantasm. Right. So, so we now... go to the next chain link yeah. and you scour. Or like after playing or after I play an attack, you scour. Yeah. What happens is it now ha- it doesn't gain phantasm, it loses the effect that makes it lose phantasm. That's that's isn't that crazy? Yes, it doesn't. So it's then it's not just proactively applied. Like, not, not, that's not the word I'm looking for. It's like it's it's an, it's not an eraser. It's just a it's whiteout essentially. Like that doesn't. Oh my god! I know. Why does it work this way though? The um, because it, it's complicated. <laughs> I don't but know. It, it, it's just, okay, but if you're if we're removing and it can't gain phantasm, 
right? And so it's dependent on passing Mirage. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of like not that intuitive, but I guess yeah, I Yeah, I don't think it is either. That's why that's, it's a great question, because yeah. it's super unintuitive. That that's like if, for example, if a, a creature in magic existed that had flash, right? And it said, uh, when it enters the battlefield, target creature loses a can't gain haste, right? So like somebody yeah. plays a creature with haste, they try to go to combat, you flash it in, huzzah, you have no haste, and then they go, Okay, murder the creature that just took away the haste from my creature. Okay, it has haste again suddenly. Like that's what I'm thinking is happening here. Right? Like, wait, you can't just undo the removal of it. It's already been removed. Like that doesn't yeah. undo it, but I guess it does. <laughs> yeah. So it has to just do with the way that uh, phantasm is worded as a constantly f- yeah. checking effect, which is just fascinating. Somebody revoked my L one. I need to go <laughs> do the test again. I, so this is actually <laughs> there's a massive amount of questions about this even on the judge Discord because yeah, it is, is super unintuitive. Very <laughs> well. Well, so that, that that was pretty stumping. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah it's not it's not great so this like this caused me to go down a massive rabbit hole last night of just trying to figure out how this works and getting a clear answer because there was a lot of arguing about it before like some l2 judges and even josh scott himself like stepped in to explain it uh in past posts so that was our first zephyr needle daggering session yeah. we'll see if we can make them less mind melting in the future yeah <laughs> hopefully um, that was uh that was odd, but at least, you know what, actually, hopefully we've helped somebody uh, up their game, you know, against Prism. So what you've really done here is you've worsened all of your Prism, uh, all of your matchups while you play Prism. Oh, I'm aware. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking about I'm going to be super annoying about manually closing the combat chain now. That's great. That's oh, awesome. man. <laughs> all right. Well. Let's go ahead and hit the intro. Yeah. You're listening to the Pitch Stack Podcast. All right, and we're back from the intro. Hope you liked our new trivia segment. I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see where it goes next week. Maybe we'll tighten it up. Maybe we'll get even more difficult, confusing questions. No, that was alienate as many people as possible. (laughs) That was interesting, though, to be honest. That at least will uh, give me a new new way to think about the game's abilities and triggers. That's absolutely. So, uh, before we get into unwrapping our presents, that is spoiler season. Why, uh, how do you feel about a quick skim over a little uh, ProQuest season two, week three? Yeah, that couldn't do any harm at all. Unless you're <laughs> One a chain player. Yeah, then a lot of chain players. So sad. Carrion <laughs> Husk. Pick it up for $35. <laughs> no, it won't be Levy as bad as Horizon. Not New Horizon, sorry. Uh, the weirder one. Levy uh, is still skull a thing. Bone cross wraps. Yeah. Skull bone cross wrap. Um, so yeah, I 
this is weird, right? Um, it's so interesting to me. And I mean, obviously this is, we'll get to this in a second, but in the, with what appears to be a graveyard matters set coming out, um, it's really interesting to me that the one character that can play invert existence is hitting living, living legend. Yeah, that's a, that is one of the few things I think is we're going to be having a loss for a little void. We'll feel when uh, Shane's gone. It's too bad. It's not just shadow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that would be fantastic. I do think, um, my guess is in the next supplemental set, they'll add some sort of random adult, shadow rune blade with another ability that just so that chain's card pool isn't like yeah let's go i mean i hope we get like an adult kasai too i feel like would be awesome i've seen a lot of people a lot of people i guess have just been using tts to test like an adult kasai and they said it works really well in the current meta yeah that'd be fun interesting. so i don't know so all that aside yes chain about to hit living legend I OG Bravo won another event this week, which I think is cool. It's nice to see OG Bravo coming out. I think like it must be nice to avoid all that prism, probably. <laughs> like you just <laughs> Yeah. I mean dodging prism is uh one of Bravo's showstoppers objectives every single uh tournament he plays. Yeah. And then I mean I saw that Briar won 10 events this week, which is awesome. Although I have been playing Briar recently, I do think that we are unfortunately about three weeks away from that deck disappearing <laughs> um, due to the amount of frostbite tokens that are about to be generated under Briar's control. Um, so, yeah, so I, it's really interesting. I don't know if uh, did anything else uh, pop out to you in the. Um, in the uh, whatever you call it, in the uh, results that popped up this week. Uh, I mean, not much other than Shane going away. Uh, they confirmed that it was a genuine young hero uh, that placed top eight, uh, <laughs> young Shane, last week. Oh, my God. So somebody actually played 20 life Shane. So that's kind that's of funny. So weird. Um, yeah, I mean, they have a few other uh, notable data points here. Um Something about Viscerai not actually winning an event, so that's kind of sad. Yeah, I heard that, uh, but it was a they, it was a misreport. They bungled it. Yeah, definitely a big bungle moment. Uh, Fab Dojo has some results out as well. Uh, some I don't know if it's a error of just submission, or uh, they just wanted to put out the first deck list result. But uh, ProQuest Card Merchant in uh, New Zealand. Only had one player, apparently, and it was Matt Rogers on Prism. He got first yeah. place. Nice. <laughs> I mean, it's easy to do. No no competition. Yeah, that's fair. They <laughs> only had one player. You got first place. That's great. Oh, man. I wonder sure. if they're just like a smaller show or a smaller store and they didn't feel like publishing everything. There's like limited data. Maybe it could have been that or, you know, whatever they could have made a mistake or like you said seems more likely that they uh just published the first place result but yeah, yeah plenty absolutely. of bravo starvo i mean starvo's getting first chains as well in prisms for the most part um there haven't been any odd ball decks uh, i did see a briar get first place that's very impressive 
Yeah. I did see that as well. They said Breyer had 10 wins this week, which is not bad at all. No, not um, at all. Yeah. And this Breyer actually ran like Crown of Seeds too. Oh, it's yeah. Very, uh, Channel Mount Heroic deck, though. Um, but it's odd. It's interesting to see uh, Crown of Seeds. That is interesting, actually. I, you know, it's probably good for like the five card hand turns, is really yeah. what it's for. The hand fixing, actually, now that you mention it, maybe I'll start running Crown and Briar. That sounds great. Yeah, it's um, not terrible. You kind of just sit for a couple turns so you get your tune encounter and then you uh, use it to fill up your hand. Yeah, that's that's what I heard has been the best strategy. So I've been playing kind of an aggro Briar, which has been working for me. But I've been hearing that there is a very much a sit and wait and then uh, really time your ridiculous channel mount heroic turns uh, with Briar. So that's yeah, they, interesting. Those turns are absolutely crucial. And of course, they're very, very gross. Very powerful. Yeah, I mean, scar for scar for seven and freaking snatch for seven. Throw out two command and conquerors, make that 10. Why not? Yeah, right. I mean, two uh, channel one heroics, but may as well throw some command and conquerors at them as, at their face as well. You know? <laughs> yeah, might as well. Hit him with the old CNC. Do it while you can. Got everything. The it way won't to last long. I'll have to. I'll have to go on Fab Dojo later and dig up that Earth list. Yeah, it's not. It's not too shabby. It looks pretty impressive. Interesting. Well, speaking of impressive. Oh yeah. Wow, we got <laughs> a ton of uprising spoilers. Um. As we're recording this, mere hours ago, they spoiled the first of what looks to be six legendaries in this set. Um, my goodness, uh, we'll get to that one eventually. I feel like that card it has some of the most is it's very interesting because of the amount of game theory uh, you can put around it. It's uh, it's just fascinating to me. Um, so I don't know. The other thing I have noticed is that um haven't seen any Icelander cards and Ninja nope. seems ridiculous. Yeah, uh I think it's pretty uh pretty safe to say that uh Dromai is the B tier hero and Faye is the insanely powerful S tier something hero. Yeah, this is this is pretty good. Uh, it's not like Faye does anything out of the ordinary of what Ninja wants to usually do, but they're not so focused on specific cards making it happen other than their uh, Phoenix Flames. Right. So mm -hmm. Faye's ability, if we, you know, if you haven't seen it already, uh, lets him start the game with a Phoenix Flame in his graveyard uh, and Phoenix Flames are tokens, by the way, and you could start your deck, your deck every game with three of them. Uh, and you can pay three. That's, this cost is reduced by one for each draconic chain link you control. You can pay three to return a fame, uh, flame, Phoenix flame from your graveyard to your hand as an instant. Yeah. I, and, you know, did you notice that um, those Phoenix flames uh, are not just for Ninja? No, not at all. I mean, I'm, as in, yes, I did notice... And of course, they are definitely not just for Ninja. So, like, Phoenix Flame can be in a uh, Dromai draft deck. deck as well. Correct. 
but you don't start with them in your graveyard, I guess, is the main thing. Um, right, but you can yeah. add them, add three of them to your deck real quick uh, in Uprising Limited, which is fascinating. Um, yeah, I think she probably needs some, like, oh, sorry. You definitely need some uh, fixing or some filling up your curves a little bit. You can have those in your deck. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I think I think those are kind of cool. I like them. Um, so I don't know. I think um, I, it's weird, though. Like, I don't know what this is going to do for the limited environment. Obviously, if you look at the missing cards um, with, uh, you know, regular illusionist and regular ninja appear to both be getting seven cards apiece uh, while, you know, wizard is getting 17 cards um for for generics uh this is just a generics so well not generic you know what i mean base illusionist base ninja and base wizard are getting very different amounts of cards so i think with wizard getting 17 cards to just base wizard actions not ice wizard or elemental wizard maybe mm-hmm. there's going to be two distinct ways to build icelander in this limited format um obviously getting ahead of myself a little bit but just you know i was thinking about that based on being able to add cards to your draconic heroes yeah it definitely seems that they're uh kind of uh sandbagging all the uh wizard uh spoilers kind of holding them off yeah it's gonna get real weird (laughs) um gonna get real weird so i'm definitely extremely excited to maybe I'm actually this is the first time I'm excited to actually see like or play ninja, right? Like I'm not yeah. really into uh Katsu personally. I mean I get it if you're into it, but it's just not my thing. But yeah. uh this is interesting to me at least. At least the themes. I like it a lot. Yeah, you know, and I don't know if it has something to do with like when I was raised or like when I was born or the generation I was a part of, but you know, I haven't really um I haven't really gotten to a point where I ever thought ninjas were cool until yesterday. So <laughs> I, I don't know, I never I would never had like a ninja thing. And so I think this is actually really cool. I don't know, I think ninja just does it for some people where they think ninjas are cool. Um Faye made you a ninja boy. I don't know if he made me a ninja boy, but I can respect Faye from a distance. <laughs> Respectable. So, I don't know. So the thing that stands out to me with Faye, obviously the way this new hero gets, if for some reason you were living under some sort of rock. So basically Faye, you can start with three of those Phoenix Flame cards in your graveyard, and then he has a once per turn instant ability. So for three resources, you can return a Phoenix Flame from the graveyard to your hand, and it costs one resource less for each Draconic Chain Link you control. So... It's really interesting how Faye seems to want you to forego traditional ninja attacks because of the amount of attacks he have. He has all reward having multiple draconic chain links. Yes, which I think is fascinating. I do think that the traditional ninja cards will be helpful to some degree. I just don't think that um, they're going to be part of like maybe, you know, um, certain strategies, right? Uh, I think that his ability or his um, instant ability lends himself very much to the limited gameplay. Uh, We'll see what the constructed is like and see if maybe it's just more beneficial to have access to the talent pool, right? 
Uh, not so yeah. much for Phoenix Flames. Um, the talent pool may just be enough. Uh, I think that the Phoenix Flames are helpful when you're making your draconic chain links. But I think also that uh, maybe not totally necessary. I mean, having access yeah. to those uh, Phoenix Flames, because it's not, honestly, it's not just uh, phase ability that interacts with those. Right. We have um, Burn Away interacts with that as well, and a few other cards. They care whether you have Phoenix Flames in your graveyards. You can return with your hand. You can banish them and gain uh, extra bonus effects. Yeah. So those are the kind of things we want to look at when we're building fan constructed, whether we're going to try to uh, benefit a lot from that effect. Probably at first I'd say so, but I think that there's definitely room to uh, look towards these new majestic ninja cards, vanilla ninja cards we've seen, because they're extremely powerful. And I think that in particular this deck and maybe in Blitz decks that these are going to see the most play, because I think Katsu's pretty like set with his combo deck unless he decides to change it to some other kind of uh variant but uh yeah these cards are definitely going to uh change the blitz up and also uh hopefully hopefully see some play in uh Faye, so it's not so limited to draconic cards only yeah absolutely now did did we confirm that phase mythic weapon was real is that a thing oh, that, that was fake the one that came okay. out was a one-handed kadachi style like zero yeah cost. that was disgusting Super I thought, ridiculous yeah yeah i thought that was gonna ruin the game for sure it um, definitely would have okay so that's great so what we do have though that's interesting is phase actual weapon uh was spoiled today so it is a um and i know a lot of people were disappointed by this but you know what i think this is one of the places where you kind of have to handicap Faye a little bit um because he's just like if you gave him two one-handed swords or daggers it would just be too easy for him to pump out draconic chain links i think yeah i agree yeah so, make it costly so yeah, so giving Faye a two-handed sword, so it's a once-per-turn action, two resources attack. If you control two or more Draconic Chain Link, Searing Ember Blade has go again. So it's important to keep in mind, uh, you know, that this in and of itself counts as a Draconic Chain Link, um, yes. as a Draconic Ninja Weapon. So basically, you just have to attack with something before it to attack with this and have go again. Which is uh, kind of cool. Yeah, 100%. Uh, the two-handed uh, part of it and the two costs is a little prohibitive for competitive play, but we'll see what the yeah. Majestic one looks like. Um, I mean, this may very well be the only one he has gonna, he's only going to have access to, but um, I'm hoping that the Majestic one will be uh, a little better, hopefully uh, two-handed, or I mean uh, one-handed, but uh, I think they need to balance it, right? Because like you said, can't just make another Kadachi that's draconic and then just make it super easy to pull off. It's gonna have a half it's gonna have to have a cost associated with it. And you know what's weird with none of them spoiled yet, I do actually wonder if maybe we um maybe we don't see majestic weapons uh in this set, you know, with the new signature weapon rules. It's entirely yeah. possible that they're moving away from that model. It's totally possible. I mean, I I don't see it. I think that it's very 
I don't know. It's it's interesting making a different weapon for the limited environment and competitive environments. I mean, they screwed up Duskblade and then they clearly screwed up Rosetta Thorn and they couldn't just say it. They screwed up twice, so they just just sacrificed Duskblade and gave us uh, the menace that is Rosetta Thorn. Praise be yeah. to them. Uh, <laughs> that said, so based on the current set numbering, um, they wouldn't be able to they wouldn't be able to put in majestic weapons. Uh, what if they're legendary? Well, it's something I considered as well is what if we had a legendary uh, like two hand, like a legendary legendary. Uh, sorry, uh, a legendary one handed weapon, like a Kadachi style thing. That would be oh. kind of broken. <laughs> oh, man. That's what I didn't need to get that two of them. fans. <laughs> So, yeah, so based on the set numbering, um, at least the way they did it with Monarch and uh, yeah. and every other set, it looks like we are not getting majestic weapons, at least. Well, I wouldn't put legendary uh, weapons like, you know, I wouldn't uh, write it off, you know, because they did legendary shields. Yeah. So, I mean, they're they're in the weapon slots. They're offhand. So, I mean, I don't. I don't believe that there's a limit to what they can make legendary. They make legendary spells too. So, uh, you know, legendary oh, heroes, legendary gosh. actual actions. Uh, so I don't see why we wouldn't just do legendary uh, weapons at some point. It makes sense. Can you imagine if they're one handed and you have to like really go out of your way to find the mirror one? <laughs> That'd be like, it's like a different rarity. <laughs> I'd love it though. <laughs> oh gosh. It'd make you actually have to pay to win. with <laughs> Fate. Oh lord! He had a fade to win. <laughs> oh my gosh, fade to win. Maybe that's a thing that could be a legitimate hashtag. <laughs> fade to win. <laughs> so I do have just <laughs> that's pretty great. I do have one uh, one last note on Faye. Yeah. Uh, well, really, not so much on Faye as it is on Draconic Ninja in general. Man, those card borders look so sick on yeah, Draconic Ninja. Hundred percent. Oh, they look so good. Like just uh, in, in case you haven't seen them and you're going by audio only, they are the traditional katana wrap that goes on ninja cards, except the red uh, lace. I don't know the red strip of cloth. I'm sure it has an official name and I definitely fucked up by not knowing it. But that is uh, it's like a bright glowing orange and it looks awesome. Yeah, it's like very like in the blades, very black, you know? Yeah, it's know. charred. Oh, it's yeah, so it's good. Super cool. Oh, it is so good. Um, so let, that, that's enough of uh, Faye for now. Let's uh, let's give uh, Dromai her uh, time on the her stage. Her spotlight. Her what? Her comeuppance. Her, her come, uh, comeuppance. I don't know. That's not uh, the word I'm looking for. Not kermuffins. Maybe kermuffins. I don't know what the hell that is. But <laughs> I don't either. Maybe we'll find out. <laughs> let's give her, so, her 15 minutes. So, Jermai, uh, whenever you pitch a red card, create an Ash token. So, Ash tokens, I find a little confusing. I'm sure we'll get some more rules text on them. Um, but basically, you put your Ash token under an object. Um, and that object has Phantasm. Uh, do you put it under your opponent's? 
stuff? No. Uh, you put it under your own stuff. So like, so they're, it's a material, right? Yeah. So it's it's you transform. So what I understand from what I can tell, the transform uh, keyword is di- I mean they'll probably release notes like release like te- like actual rules notes, but oh, the so basically you're making something vulnerable. Yeah. So you're you're so the transform keyword is associated with uh, a token that has the keyword material, and you can transform any material into an object right so in this case you transform your ashes into uh aether ash wings or with invocations you transform them into uh legendary dragons right not rarity legendary yet um that's interesting but yeah you you stuff the uh material underneath it like an aura and then while it has that underneath it has a phantasm but I don't know Weird. if there's currently a way. Well, there's currently not a way to remove that. Uh, that token. unless you transform it. Well, no, transforming puts it underneath the to- puts the token underneath. It doesn't get rid of the token unless the cards unless the actual uh, ally is uh, killed. I believe then your material will disappear, um, unless it actually isn't disappeared and it turns back to ash. And you could use that ash into turn it into. You're 100 percent correct. It yeah, does transfer over that way. Yeah, you can continue to use the ash for future uh, dragons. Yeah. So, so all these dragons have phantasm, huh? Yep. But the thing about them is that the de- they're not legendary in your deck. You can run more than one copy of the invocations. So, like, say you you kill my optimize. It's like okay, fine, whatever. Uh, I'll just draw my optimize again and then play it later. <laughs> Well, so Optimi, Tameltai, and Dominia are legendary. Oh, are they? Okay, so but yeah, the other maybe dragons. Not those. There's nothing yeah. special about the other ones. Um, well, the, those are those are still not too bad, though. I, I really like the. the I know, Rosetta just, Thorn Dragon. Not legendary. <laughs> oh yeah, Rosetta Thorn Dragon. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so the other thing I noticed, right, is we are currently at nine dragons. Uh, which let's be real, it's too many dragons. Um. And we're, we're going to end up with gonna, 12. Yeah, I was going to say, there's probably two more. or f- So th- there are three I, I, more dragons uh, based on the set numbers. Are you sure? Because I, I mean, from what I can see, at least, I don't know. Maybe I'm just wrong, but from what I can see, I feel like there's less. So let's see. So we currently have uh, Invoke Optimi. Yep. Invoke Tomaltai. Invoke Dominia. That's three. So those are three legendaries. Then we have Invoke Azalai, who is uh, the first of the non-legendaries. And he's UPR09. Then UPR10 is blank. Then we have Invoke Kyloria, who's UPR11. Then UPR12 is blank. Then we have Invoke Necria. Then we have Invoke Uvia, Invoke Thamai, Invoke Vincerakai. And then UPR17 is blank. Uh, and immediately followed by the three set numbers for color strip cards. So yeah, it's three. So either I mean, we get 12. either we get a common that is only one color uh, and alphabetically comes below or before B, or there is one more dragon. It's hard to say. It's also possible we just get a rare uh, draconic illusionist attack, attack that's not a invoke. So maybe there's eleven dragons. Maybe there's twelve. It's hard to say. 
Yeah, I'm just the, the spacing here, at least on the site we're looking at, uh, isn't uh, super clear because it's including like the Marvel rarities as well. Oh, yeah. So basically what it does is uh, is for the spacing, the you, so all the dragons are two sided. Yeah, yeah. so I, they're I just that. showing you the front and the back for each one. Oh, OK. So, yeah, no, now I'm just some it. of them. We only have the Marvel rarity. So it put the Marvel rarity there. Got it. No. Yeah, that's probably 12 dragons. All right. Front there is a, there is an odd like uh there between billowing mirage and rake the embers there's like just a single card hanging out there that's unrevealed oh yeah so that's technically there to represent 21 through 32 oh um, so it's just not a bunch of blank spaces. yeah so okay. that way it's not just like a blank space and they need to render a whole bunch of things they just have it there uh, yeah probably a bunch of illusionist attacks and stuff that we haven't seen yet i'm pretty excited for that absolutely illusion uh, phantasm so, uh phantasmal footstep stonks guys i do love hot. burn them all oh yeah that card is so gross 100 percent. that's like uh probably one of the best uh cards i think i've seen absolutely um the art's so cool also um big fan of the art of burn them all uh, so basically what it does once per turn when a dragon you control attacks, uh, it deals one arcane damage to each opposing hero. Um, and then at the beginning of your end phase, you put a raise counter on it and then destroy it unless you burn, banish a red card from your graveyard. So it's like a channel mount that is significantly easier to continue to work with. Yeah. Just keep pumping and dumping those attacks and throw them in, in your throw them in your uh, graveyard. You'll be all right absolutely oh, it's nuts and that it's it's interesting to think that that includes the aether ash wings as well as the big ass dragons um oh geez it's only once per turn at least so you just need to have a dragon but yeah i mean it's uh it's not too hard to just have one dragon and play at once it's gonna get pretty crazy um i mean you, yeah. you uh and it's also like i think we're definitely gonna see and this relates to earlier I think we're going to see a lot of passing Mirage in this deck. Um, I think that's going to be huge uh, because Phantasm. It, to remove Phantasm because yeah. it is just illusionist attacks. It does not specifically attack action really? cards. So it, so it does fix oh, your dragons. Yeah, there we go. Um, so that's going to be the one blue in this all red deck. Uh, you know, let's so uh, also. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. What's up? Well, so this is interesting, right? Uh, we haven't seen a single generic from this set. We haven't seen any Icelander cards. I wanted to bring something up. Yeah. Um, we have not seen a single card spoiled in this set that can pop Phantasm other than Thaw. Correct. So, uh, so six power that. plus generics incoming. We knew that Ninja... <laughs> cards were never going to do that um i think that we're going to see some six power ice attacks some more six power draconic vanillas and uh probably six power generics for sure like in the red slots and stuff um but i think red's a really important color in the set especially for dromai so uh she may end up picking a lot of those cards as well we didn't really go over dromai's ability as well but i think it's super relevant to her dragons and the way she's going to be able to extend Oh, yeah. Turns and stuff, because if you actually read the dragons, 
themselves, um, the allies. They don't have any text that allows them to attack. That's true. So Dromai's weapon, the Storm of Santa Kai, actually allows her dragons to attack once per turn for zero. Absolutely. And uh, if you've got multiple of them, you're going to need go again to attack. And uh, that's where Dromai's ability comes in. And if you've uh, played a red card uh, this turn, dragons you control have go again while attacking. And anytime you pitch a uh, red card, you create an ash token. So uh, there you go. That's how you enable her entire uh, engine. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't see a world in... Uh any point where you'd want to do this but you know because like when this set comes up and there's just all sorts of weird interesting things and i feel like the way my brain works it's always irrelevant information coming out at all times uh and then rabbit hole that goes down there uh you can um use the iris of reality <laughs> if you wanted to um if if is good if you wanted to uh so i think that's kind of interesting um i don't believe it's particularly helpful though right no i don't think it is in any way whatsoever i mean our ashes auras no, no they're not that would have been neither are uh the ash wings i actually think uh have we seen is there just one aura for uh Dramai at this point uh in burn them all? Aura? yeah i think it, yeah maybe... i think it's just uh burn them all for now interesting so, I mean, with illusions ha or with illusionists having a big, it seems to be aura focus, I'm sure we will see at least a few more, I would hope. Perhaps. To say. It didn't seem that Dromai is uh, terribly interested in the, uh, the aura mechanic, just more about uh, recycling her resources that her card makes and making dragons with uh, invocations. Yeah, that's fair. Imagine becoming an illusionist and not being interested in auras. I mean, what who's to say that that's all illusionists are about? That's mostly, I think, maybe the light illusionist uh, thing, you know? Yeah. Maybe well, uh, the vanilla illusionist. Hopefully we get a nice uh, young illusionist uh, for our next uh, supplemental set. That'd be cool. Well, so that's, this is what's interesting, right? Uh, when I... When I come back to this, um, so notably, you know how I mentioned earlier there was no majestic weapon for Fey or Dromai? Yeah. There is no majestic weapon restricted to their talent for Fey or Dromai. So it is entirely possible that we see a majestic ninja weapon and a majestic illusionist weapon. That's true. That wouldn't um, be surprising at all to me, to be honest, because like it would be better for the actual card, like the value of the card and like the desirability if it was usable in more than just one hero. So what was interesting about the. Um, well, mostly about. Uh, what was it? Uh, Aria that uh, the icy hammer Winter's Whale was usable with old him and Starvo. And then Rosetta yeah. Thorn happened to be a generic one, and it was playable across the board. And then Voltaire being a, only a, an elemental bow was only playable with Lexi. Oh, interesting. So you think it, so? What you're thinking is it might be the opposite for this set. 
Maybe. I mean, it's hard to compare them because Rosetta Thorn is a token. It, yeah. Rosetta Thorn's an anomaly. It's not really easy to compare things to it. Um, but as far as Majestics go, I think that uh, they it'd be better to remove the talents from them so that they're more easily accessible by other classes more, or other heroes. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I mean, especially uh, with Icelander, we are not getting a token weapon. Um, or at least we're not getting a token elemental wizard weapon. I mean, obviously, Kraken Aethervane is a generic wizard weapon. Maybe we're getting that. Um, it's hard to say. Maybe that's the uh, maybe that's our clue. Maybe that's yeah, right? our clue that that's what we're going to be getting. With some majestic well, Aether vein. Well, majestic. I mean, I think I think that's what's going to be the. It the is her signature for, weapon. Uh, yeah, I think that's going to be a token weapon for her in the set. But I think that um, I think that oh, that, that would make sense if they do make it her token weapon. It would be with the generic wizard cards. Yeah. I mean, I don't see it being anything else. I mean, it'd be really hard to, uh, I don't know, probably design something else for, uh, for Icelander. It just makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it makes absolute sense. The only thing that I think would be possible is, uh, if my theory about, um, about Icelander working a little bit differently uh, with there being two limited builds, perhaps we see a secondary weapon. I Who mean, it's, I guess it's possible, but I just don't, I don't, I don't personally see it. I think that she's going to have one weapon in the set. It's going to be uh, the Kraken Aether Vein. Um, if anything, maybe, Maybe that's where we get our legendary weapon. It's a legendary wizard weapon or something. I don't know. Wizard sword. Dude. <laughs> a wizard sword. Wizard sword. It feels so weird to think about wizard getting new things. Wizards are allowed to have swords. No, well, I'm just saying, generally speaking, it feels odd for generic wizard to get more cards that aren't just like new blue pitches or better damage spells because yeah. it's like well Kano's whole kit's kind of figured out like his weapons and his equipments right uh unless you're providing him with just strictly better like equipments right uh yeah it'd be weird if you provided him with a new weapon that wasn't like as good as crucible is at extending his uh damage that's fair i think that you makes know, sense it'd be weird to try to play him without crucible Maybe they won't give wizards swords because that's basically what a rune blade is. I mean, just play rune blade. <laughs> yeah, right. A wizard with swords, a rune blade. I guess unless that sword is dancing separately from said wizard, ah, maybe that's the thin line. It's whether or not you have to hold the sword. That's the difference that's, between wizard and rune blade. <laughs> that's how to tell wizards and rune blades apart. One on one. Yeah. Check for sword. If sword, see if holding sword. Absolutely. Um, so obviously we don't have any new ones. Um, and we've kind of gone over these a little bit. I mean, obviously we have draconic cards to go through as well. But I, I just, uh, what are your early thoughts on Icelander and how Icelander is going to fit into this weird metagame? I, I will answer that question. I just want to point out that Tome of Firebrand is badass. Yeah, so that's what I was getting at with the Draconic cards, is Tome of Firebrand is so sick. 
It is a book that is almost on fire, but it looks really hot. So it's probably cooking at Fahrenheit 450. It's one degree below. And uh, I don't know. I think like it's such a good card uh, where you play it only if you control four more draconic chain links. Uh, You draw two cards. It's a draconic instant. Um, I do believe that uh, Aether Ash Wings do count as draconic chain links. Yes. Um, and so do the dragons. So that said, though, I think I think this card might be slightly better for Faye than it is Dramai, uh, just uh, because. Well, I don't maybe. know. I feel like you're already crushing the game if you're able to get this off as Dramai. Well, that's the idea. <laughs> yeah, just to really close My, it out. I think that uh, if your opponent doesn't respect the uh, your allies, this card's a problem. You better respect my allies. So, like, well, like here. So, if they let you have like a dragon and like three aether wings, and you have a tome of firebrand with like two cards in hand or something, I mean, I think that's massive. I think that's insane. So you go okay, uh, or pay, or you say you just have three aether wings, right? You play okay, zero cost invocation, turn an ash into a dragon. I've played a red card this turn. They all have go again. So you go, okay, attack, 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 and then, okay, pitch the last card of my hand, Tome of Firebrand, and draw two cards. And now I have two more cards. And then now you just, I don't know, play a Phantasmoclasm or something. You know, it's like, this it, is like Prism all over again. You have to start spending your turns attacking these little tiny, spending your six power attacks or whatever power attacks, attacking these little one life dragons and trying to kill these big dragons. And every turn, she's just making more and more and more. Yeah. Not going to be great for Guardian. You pitch red dragons, (laughs) you're going to make... You pitch red red cards, you're making more ash, more material. That's more dragons. Gosh, yeah. uh, You better hope you're not a a wizard playing against Dromai, because those Aetherwings randomly have Arcane Barrier stapled onto them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they do Um, that. And then I don't know, a lot of these a lot of these draconic cards are fascinating to me. I do think this is okay. So this is weird. I don't know if you noticed this, Matt. Draconic cards all have one thing in common, uh, and that's they only come in red. Huh. Isn't that weird? So far. So far. Um, so far like obviously draconic illusionist like you get the blue yellow red versions of cards but aside from that um every draconic card spoiled and every draconic ninja card spoiled up to this point um has been red you know it's interesting i mean it it's possible for them to have yellows and blues because some of those commons are like three power attacks. They can be like a, a translate to a two power or a one power attack, possibly. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I do think we'll get some multicolored Draconic Ninja cards. There's room for nine cards there before Draconic starts. Yeah. Interesting. That said, I really like the idea of like all red blitz decks to teach people how to play the game. You know what I mean? That's odd. 
like you know this one costs two so you have to pitch two cards to it and then you show me yellow card and it just blows their mind <laughs> what is this hey, the best card in the game <laughs> <laughs> yeah right so yeah, i don't know I don't it's know. interesting but i do know this i think icelander is going to be broken yeah i think they're saving it they're gonna it's gonna break real hard uh over can, the next day or it, two it seems possible already with the cards like we have here right? we can see like it's almost clear as day like the direction that we're going you know um these cards are just like insane so well, essentially what i'm getting at is uh sorry about that that um icelander is going to control the shit out of your turn um and freeze you up right allow you not to activate any of your abilities um but on top of that she has i, I was looking particularly at this um card frost text right the majestic yeah. and it says frostbites you control have it's an affliction have at the beginning of your end phase this deals one arcane damage to you so you want to put this on your opponent however it's not legendary so you can run three of them in your deck if you can get yeah. multiples of these on your opponent and uh make enough frostbites to where they can't take a turn they actually can't play a single thing so like let's say for example you make you give them four frostbites right if they have four frostbites and they have an all red hand I don't think they're doing anything. Yeah. Unless they have I mean, like a zero cost ability attached to one of their their permanents in play. And oh and, and hold up. That's also assuming they're not frozen. Because yeah. if their shit's frozen, they have four frostbites. Okay, I guess I have to pass the turn. That's four damage. Okay. That's not even counting any of the arcane damage you dealt to them already. Right. So let's say you have two frost axes. That's eight damage if you have four frostbites. Yeah. And Ice Eternals are really good specialization for that. You ice fuse it and you give them like XX Frostbite divided by two, of course, because it's like XX for the cost. You create X Frostbites under target hero's control. And if it's fused, you arcane damage to that equal to, equal to, to that hero, equal to the number of Frostbites they control. If you played this on their turn, they also get a Frostbite out of your arsenal. Yeah. It's, it's, the, uh, um, it's going to be bad. She's going to control you. You can't play the turn. She's also just going to do all this arcane damage to you. Well, it's you know, it's a, a, well, you see it like, you know, I think we're going to get more ways to destroy target afflictions. So like the thaw has destroyed target ice affliction specifically, which is an interesting caveat for future game design. Yeah, um, for sure. Or to unfreeze target frozen cards. So my guess is we get generics that can destroy afflictions. Yeah, three, or, thaw, three thaws are going to be sideboard staples for sure for these heroes. Absolutely. For both of them. Uh, I don't know if liquefy will. That might be a sideboard for. Uh, might be a sideboard card there for Jermai to use against Faye. Um, I think probably either of them for sure. Faye can pull it off more likely if, as long as he's not into control. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's uh, liquefy is pretty sweet. Not gonna lie. Yeah. Um, gosh, I, this there's just so much new game design 
being inhabited by these cards. I mean, afflictions are going to suck. Um, I think they might end up being a mistake because they're going to rely on like they just never go like I guess. Yeah, the, not all of them are that terrible, like as hypothermia destroys itself. But I do think that. Needing very specific cards to get rid of a permanently a negative effect on your hero uh, is going to be extremely overpowered. 100% agree. That's crazy. I think they should bring Skeletal back. <laughs> liquefy. Between Liquefy, the dragon that blows up, uh, that puts negative one counters or destroys equipments and stuff, I think, uh, I think it's safe. Just, just bring it back. I'll be all right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we did have one massive, massive spoiler today. Oh, yeah. And that is the crown of Providence. The skullcap killer, as he's called in the streets. So I don't know if it's necessarily so. Okay. I'll get into <laughs> might, this in a second. I don't know if you'll agree on this. We'll see. I don't know if it's necessarily better than Skullcap, and I'll get into why in a bit, but we'll talk about the card first. Crown of Providence. When you defend with Crown of Providence, you may put a, hand, a card from your hand or arsenal on the bottom of your deck if you do draw a card. That's phenomenal for free. Blade Break for two toughness. Yeah, you get a Generic two toughness defense, head. and then it breaks. So you basically get a free pseudo crown activation. Um, but like better than that, because you don't have to pitch for it. And then block two. I think that's really, really good. So I'll tell you what I think about this card. I'll tell you that in many games that I've played, I find myself struggling to balance. It depends on my matchups, of course. But struggling to balance the the protection that Arcanite Skullcap provides me. And I also find myself in some games, I end up blocking with Skullcap for one once. And then maybe later one again. Because it gained, you know, it's plus one. Um, I, I don't know. It's... Uh, I think that this just... Unless you're dealing need, unless you need the arcane barrier, or you desperately need like the extra life point that uh, being, you know, being behind provides you when you're on skullcap. I think Crown of Providence is like the way to go, especially if you're ahead. Like this is the card you play when you're like, I need to fix my hand so I can keep tempo. Like I am all in on this card for probably Viscerai. I don't think I'd use Skullcap again. Unless, like, for some reason I needed the Arcane Barrier 3. To be honest. Totally honest. So, I think for me, uh, I think what ends up happening here is Crown of Providence and Arcanite Skullcap both take on very different roles. And I think we'll see at least Agreed. one or two lists that run both of them. Yeah, um, I think I'll try both first. I definitely so, think I'll try both first. And this goes back to, so this goes back to in 1999, uh, on January 1st of that date, a man named Mike Flores 
published a uh, an article that would go on to be in my opinion the single most influential piece of trading card game strategy ever released and it was an article about magic the gathering and it's widely considered the first thing you need to read to get good at competitive magic the gathering and it's called who is the beatdown hmm. um and determining based on your matchup whether you need to take the aggressive role or the control role in this matchup. And I think what you want now is if you are in the aggressive role, you want crown of Providence. And if you are in the control role, you're going to want Arcanite Skullcap. I couldn't agree more, which is why I'm so high on crown of Providence. I think we'll see. I think we'll see mid range lists that run both of them. Yes. And I think, um, I, I, I definitely think that like Arcanite Skull Cup is not being outclassed here. Like we cannot understate like the strength of Arcanite Skull Cap. It is the OG generic equi- head equipment. It can block the only equipment in the game that like can block for three consistently and also just have Arcane Barrier three stapled on it. There's nothing else that has the same text on it as Skull Cap. But it's also it one of the one of the cards that in mare matches played Skullcap versus Skullcap is like one of the most interesting things like this game yeah. has to offer in terms of like mind games, right? So you yeah, have absolutely. to balance you have to balance, you know, lying down and taking it to plan further ahead to maybe potentially change tempo, especially with Guardians, because I've noticed that I fall victim to the Guardian the ye old guardian trick of i take it and then you look at your light totals and you're like shit and then they go ha starvo fuse and i am like short one block i'm like i knew it i was gonna matter whether i dealt that extra damage or not (laughs) you know like i shouldn't have overextended so it's crazy it's like but i think crown of providence is incredible like it's an incredible card I, I'm so happy with the design of the card. Like I, I, I don't know. I don't know what else I wanted out of a headpiece that I, I knew was coming. Like, I mean, I think we all figured Crown of Providence was going to be a generic since we saw it was going to be the Lille, uh gold foil. Yeah, but I don't know if we all expected it to be this good. I think um, that, and then uh, you know, I, I think it made sense for there to be a generic headpiece or a legendary headpiece in the set too. Uh, given that there is a majestic slash legendary headpiece for both Dramai and Faye mm-hmm. uh, that's already printed. So I think it's really interesting. Oh, it's just it's so it's so fascinating for there to be a must-have aggro headpiece all of a sudden. Yeah. And you know what? I think that um I think that we are in dire need of more generic legendaries. Yeah. We haven't seen a single generic legendary since 2020. Yeah, I mean, with the with this card, uh, Crown of Providence, there's only four in the game now. No, there's three. Well, I'm including Shyana for the meme. Well, she's not generic. <laughs> she's the generic hero. You're calling, you're calling her generic? I don't know. I don't know if I am. <laughs> you're saying Shiana's a basic bitch essentially <laughs> I don't know maybe she's in this set there's enough cards maybe she's oh, the generic man, hero right. ooh generic, generic hero Shiana first one honestly I, oh man what if they just absolutely honey jarred us into that I don't know <laughs> that'd be uh, impressive to say the least 
Oh, and she can use wizard cards. That's like the caveat. Oh, man. You know, I think, though, seriously, (laughs) that would be wild, man. Hashtag fourth hero truth. Come to (laughs) fourthherotruth.com. You'll hear what mainstream heroes don't want you to know. Nine out of ten mainstream heroes (laughs) hate this guy. (laughs) All right. I think... um, so yeah, like they when they said there's gonna be six legendaries, it just a lot of it made sense with the three the number of heroes there are. There's going to be a generic, a draconic, an ice, a ninja, an illusionist, and a wizard. That's six. Yeah. So one for each talent, sense. and then one for each uh class, and then a generic. So they'll they'll share a draconic uh legendary. We will see hopefully two legendary, um, you know, equipments that are uh, playable for Icelander and then a legendary equipment for uh, Ninja and uh, Illusionist. Yeah, they might be talented ones, but I really hope they're not because that just makes them a little bit more. Uh, pigeonholed, you know. Um, but yeah, I think that's definitely the uh, the way to go. Absolutely. I think um I think with illusionist we end up getting a chess piece. And I think with um I think with ninja we end up getting Oh gosh, do we get a chess piece for both of them? Maybe the chess piece is the draconic. Yeah, that's my guess. It's gonna be like a robe, draconic uh Drakai robes, right? It'll be something like if you pitch like a red, you can make more mana or something, make more resource. I'm guessing like a like a talisman of uh recompense that'd be interesting and then maybe ninja gets a legendary arm piece finally and they can stop using breaking scales uh and then uh maybe uh, illusionist gets a uh, legendary uh arms so they don't have to use dream weavers or uh whatever else they're using yeah i think that makes sense and then i just could get a legendary ice um legs ice legs it's cold feet cold feet so cold if you don't feet. have storm striders you can run those and then old him finally gets some uh boots that are actually playable i do think the wizard legendary is gonna be a uh hands or a headpiece it's probably got to be a chess piece yeah yeah i, mean, I don't know it's it, just a cool it could be, robe it could be the it's that they don't want to take up the space of like things like medic i mean if they do take up an arm space it's definitely going to not interfere with like what kano's doing because he needs metacarpus nodes over anything and then if it's a chess piece it's got to be like somewhat playable like either like as a budget tunic or uh or just better tunic i don't know it's it's hard because tunic's so good with kano and yeah. uh, if we're just thinking about Icelander solely, she has the code of ice. I mean, the um, part of ice. But that's not necessarily like it's it's more of like an Oldham piece, if we're being honest. Yeah, I feel like I feel like yeah. that it's it's now a must have Oldham piece against right, Icelander. Right. You know, we could see it. We could see a we really could see a wizard helmet. I mean, I, I, we keep I, I thought about Crown of Providence and Kano and see thinking about how good it could be. Um, but we very well could see some sort of like, uh, Ooh, 
what if we get a legendary weapon for wizard did we not say that earlier yeah i mean we talked about legendary weapons it's weird for wizard though right i I I mean i guess it kind of makes sense i'm gonna put my i'm gonna put my uh money down right now on a legendary weapon because i feel like it just feels like it's an abundance of legendary yeah i feel like there's an abundance of legendary equipment that we're seeing coming out and i don't i think that we need to shake it up i think we're going to see a legendary weapon because we saw the legendary specializations in monarch and in um aria we saw all legendary equipments just all legendary equipments one for each element and then one for each class represented so i think that when we get to this new set we're going to see hopefully something like a legendary weapon for the first time. Yeah. And we did see a legendary shield for the first time in uh, Aria. So that might be uh, the course. The plan. Yeah. I mean, it certainly seems possible. Maybe they uh, follow the pattern that there was in. Um... So this is actually really interesting, right? So there is a pattern in Aria that we might be able to use to follow here. So every single, um, every single piece of equipment, like all the common pieces of equipment that were non-token, but common, the legendary took up the same spot. Interesting. Like uh, shock charmers, mark of lightning, uh, plume of evergrowth, crown of seeds, um, Sutcliffe, suede hides, uh, spellbound creepers, we know that wasn't the case for uh, Monarch, correct? Because um, it was Gallantry Gold and then the Boots. Oh, and then the Boots, yeah. So and no, it was not the case for Monarch. Carry on Husk. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. If if we want to speculate in that direction. Um, Might as well. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be arms for both of them. Because they both have uh, common arms. They do. Ooh. That and then, I mean, as an illusionist player, I can tell you that the you very rarely uh, use the illusionist handpiece. Like you don't, you almost yeah. never use. Uh, you never use the gloves. Uh, you always, it's always either null rune hands, uh, whatever it is, the iron hide hands, or uh, crater. Not crater. Is it crater fist? Crater fist. No, 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 yeah. no, no. Uh, Goliath no, not gauntlet. crater fist. Goliath gauntlet. Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That'd be that's an interesting theory. Illusionist hands. We got to see the first one that comes out and then we'll know for sure. When oh, we see these, some, some legendary arms, we're going to be like, oh, there you go. That's it. That's the tell. Maybe Icelander will get arms, too. <laughs> right. Everyone gets arms. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> it's true, though. What would the draconic be? The draconic be a headpiece? Chest piece? Yeah, who knows? Yuck. Either way, this set looks really freaking dope. I'm really excited. And uh, by next week, I think we should know every single card in the set. Absolutely. We'll be um, in full I- speculation mode about the meta. And if you're listening this on release, uh, Tuesday morning, January the 7th, the second and third legendary will be spoiled later this evening. So, yeah. So we will talk about that next week. 
because we uh, will not have seen those cards. Yeah, it's crazy to think this is going to be our last episode with just one legendary. For real. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get there. Um, I'm excited about this. Wow, this episode, there's so much to go through. I feel like, um, gosh, maybe we break up a set breakdown after it's all spoiled. Uh, yeah, I so think that'd be fun. Yeah, I think it would too. We'd have to break it up by things that way, you know, we don't maybe next episode we do a a limited uh, review, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess it'll be fully spoiled by then, huh? Yeah, we could. We could break it down, you know? Yeah, I'm about it. We'll do that then. Um, Perfect. Wow, that's weird. The final spoiler for this set is the professor from Tolarian Community College. Well, he's the final box break. The three oh, box he's breaks. doing the box break. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they did that with um. They had him do a box break of Monarch to spoil the Aria Blitz decks. Yep. Interesting. What a life. It's going to be exciting well, to see. Matt, do you have anything else to add this week? I, uh, I feel like we racked our brains on a question. We went through the ProQuest meta RIP chain. Um, and then we... Uh, we look through what is just a litany of cards and i'm now afraid of ninjas (laughs) i say that phase looking very tempting uh i won't say you have the money well yeah you know i'm gonna have to buy two legendary katanas so (laughs) that's gonna be pretty expensive (laughs) like the mirror one's a marvel oh (laughs) jeez oh marvel legendary weapons yeah you know all they're Marvel, probably gonna have Marvel. Marvel Legendaries. Extended Arts, Full Arts, Legendaries, Borderless Legendaries. Yeah. Oh my god. I wonder yeah. how many Marvels will there really be? And I wouldn't put it past them to put some hidden ones in there. It's hard to get. I don't really know. But uh, we'll, um, I guess, well, I'm gonna have to see. I do... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's gonna be crazy. Oh, it's so weird. So much stuff. All right. I think that does it for this week. We're all overwhelmed. You might be too. Uh, And uh, we'll see you all next week. Till next time.